Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed is She podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hi, Beth. Hey, Jenna. How's it going? Good. Yeah? Yeah, really good. What's going on? Well, I just ate a scone. Life is good. (laughs) I like getting back to the basics, you know? Scones are the bake that I fell in love with baking. Yeah. So there's something like so comforting about making scones. Praise God. So when we were on our retreat yesterday, I like took a break between sessions. There was just a lot to soak in. And I made some scones. Me and the Lord listened to some classical music. Just felt like I was living another life and it was magical. Why did you listen to classical music? Well, because I didn't want anything else coming in. Like usually I'll listen to a podcast while I bake or even like worship music. Or even like a fun, upbeat thing, but I just wasn't there. I just needed some room to like marinate, think. I wanted to be able to hear the Lord. And I wasn't going to bake listening to like white noise, you know. (laughs) What about like silence? I was creating a moment, Jenna. Oh, I see. An ambiance. Yeah, ambiance was a big thing for me this weekend. It was very successful. I entered into our team virtual retreat weekend. I wanted to be really intentional, knowing that it was virtual. Other than our stuff, I haven't done any virtual stuff. I was like, I need a retreat. I'm going to watch it in the same place every day. I'm going to light a candle. I'm going to treat it like I'm on retreat. Give myself space. I'm not going to do other things. I was very tempted to do other things, but I was like, nope, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to take notes, listen, pray, have my Bible right there. That's amazing. It was beautiful. Jenna, how are you? (laughs) I'm good. Good. Yeah, I'm good. What's happening? I didn't want to pray last night at all. Mm. And I was like, just got to do it. And you did it? Yeah. Incredible. I think that's the ticket, guys. Yeah. Father Jacques Philippe would agree with you. Doesn't he say that in Time for God? Yeah. It's about consistency. It's not about the consolations. It's not about the emotions, right? It's about showing up every day. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was your Thanksgiving? It was amazing. It was fun baking with you. Thanks, friend. It was fun baking with you. I like you in the kitchen. You're like learning, learning to trust yourself. Yeah, that's a big theme Yeah, with baking slash life. I was telling you when I baked your birthday cake, there were just some things I would have done differently. But I called Bonnie Ingstrom, one of our writers, veteran baker. And I was like, Bonnie, here's what I'm thinking can I send you the recipe? And she was like, I think you should trust yourself. Then I didn't. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's a good idea. And then I was like, no, it's like, it looks so good in the picture. I'm sure the recipe is that way for a reason. No, it would have been better if I'd trusted myself. I'm learning and growing. Can that be applied to the spiritual life at all? Trusting yourself? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I've had to learn to trust my own discernment in prayer. Instead of always being suspicious of myself, like, oh, I just wanted to pray about that, or I wanted the Lord to say that. Oftentimes, the thing that I excuse, right? No, that couldn't have been it, because that was so nice. (laughs) Like, the Lord was too kind, right? Yeah, no, He is too kind. Yeah. And so I had to kind of start trusting the Lord's voice, Mm -hmm. trusting His heart, trusting that I can hear Him. So recently in spiritual direction, I've been getting into my story and where the Lord is. Mm -hmm. I actually haven't graduated to that level yet. The only level I'm on right now was A, reading about Ignatius's life for like months. (laughs) I just like kept reading his biography over and over again and had to like 
learn these spiritual themes from his life. Wow. Which is so cool. Conversion is a lifelong process. Mm. His whole life's conversion is something that we can draw so much spiritual fruit from as evidenced by all the spiritual exercises and things like that. Anyway, so that was a long time in my spiritual direction beginning. And now I'm graduating to, okay, think back on your story and life events and people in your life who have A, either brought you gratitude, hope, and love, and sit with that for a long time. Ask the Lord to inspire you and to remind you of those moments that have brought a lot of gratitude, hope, and love. Mm -hmm. So I did that for a couple of days. Then my next step was, okay, now ask the Lord to inspire you or remind you of moments that have brought anger, fear, and grief. Yikes. I know. So it's just like crazy cool to like sit there and close my eyes and be quiet and let the Lord remind me what the things are. Because there are like tender things that I can like spout off in a second, right? Mm. But there are things that he wants to like eventually do something with. Again, I'm not there yet. I don't Mm. know what the next step is. My step only for right now is to just let him remind me of these moments. Anyway, so when I originally had started this, I had this really beautiful image in prayer of the Lord holding me. I was a little girl and he was like walking down to a lake or a sea and he like laid me down in the sea. I was like totally helpless. I wasn't even like holding on to him. I was just kind of like limp and he was holding me and he like laid me down. I just like floated in the water. It was just a really beautiful image that I didn't know what it meant. Still don't know what it means. Mm. But again, I'm kind of just allowing these little things to be enough for right now. Yeah. Instead of like needing to have the whole picture. And in the image, in my prayer, he started pouring water over like different parts of me. He like started at my feet and started just pouring water on me. Not like a cold gush, just like calmly washing me clean. I really had a sense of like I was being made new. As I'm like thinking about these moments in my life of gratitude, hope, and love, and then anger, fear, and grief, I like kept on getting this idea or feeling like in my body that he's like extracting things and that the water is washing them away. But I like couldn't think about something that actually is like that in our everyday lives. It reminded me of the gold with the dross that's exactly. purification. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm thinking. But it feels messier than that. It doesn't feel necessarily purifying. It feels painful. Like a boil. Okay, okay. My favorite <laughs> book of all time. Okay. Mark of the Lion series by Francine Rivers. <laughs> there is this little scene where Hadassah, my fictional hero, she is supporting this physician down in these like booths down by the docks and all like the poor people come to be served and they bring this little girl who has a boil on her foot it's infected she can't walk on it the physician is too rough with her right he's got to like lance the boil and drain it he's rough and so the little girl is like inconsolable she's screaming so he's like Hadassah you take care (laughs) and she puts her foot in like a bowl or a little bath of warm water and starts telling her these stories of scripture she's like basically proclaiming the gospel. She's telling this beautiful parable of Jesus, I think. And as she's telling this story to this little girl, she'll take some water out of the bowl and then put warmer water in. The water is warming up over time to the point where it's very hot, but the little girl hasn't noticed because she's like captured by this story. And also it's progressive, right? The heat is, is growing progressively. And eventually the boil bursts all of that bacteria drains out in the water and then she can clean the wound. 
Anyway, that's exactly what I, I thought of that scene when you were describing it. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a messy process. Totally. Yeah. It's like painful. Yeah. But he's so tender. Like it's not painful, but it is painful. I don't know. It's yeah. a very bizarre feeling. You're describing something that I was just trying to talk about with one of my groups in the well of it is painful, but it's so sweet and the freedom and the hope of it and the intimacy in it, it like defies reason and it's hard even to describe I don't wish for this pain, and yet it's some of the sweetest and most intimate prayer of my life. It's crazy good. I'm really grateful when the Lord doesn't let me move on from things, because I'm like you. I can be such a consumer, right? I want my next hit, (laughs) the next high, the next consolation. And even when the Lord brings something up that's really consoling, I don't know, maybe I feel kind of embarrassed or like squeeze out a few tears, but then I'm like moving on. I think it's a vulnerability issue to stay with something and really receive it deeply and allow ourselves to be seen and loved and enjoy the Lord in that moment. I think conversely, we don't want to stay with things because it's dry, it's not going anywhere, or we're discouraged. How am I still here? My spiritual director brought something up and has just not been letting it go to the point that I'm like, I think I need a new spiritual director. Yeah, I was just like, we are just like missing each other. I want to talk about this beautiful, hopeful thing that the Lord is doing. And he's talking about this stupid thing that I hate. And I don't want to talk about, much less pray about, because it's dumb. I hate it. It's like really how I feel in spiritual direction. I'm like, can we move on? Yeah. I even said to him, like, this feels more like pastoral counseling. Like, I don't want to talk about that. I thought I was here to talk about prayer. I brought my data of prayer. He's like, no, we're talking about this. And there was a real like lack of integration for me in that. So he's really pursuing me to, to stay with this thing. But even when I go to pray with it, I'm just not getting anywhere. The Father Jacques Philippe retreat that we just did as a team was such a grace on so many levels. But there was one session in particular that it was like it unlocked a door for me that has been locked for years. And I feel like I can now finally move forward with what my spiritual director is talking about, because Father Jacques described it, maybe it's his French. I don't know. He had a way of describing the spiritual life in such like profoundly simple, fresh way. I think it's cool that we can like hear the same concept from a different person and then it finally clicks. Yeah. And my spiritual director is excellent and he's right to stay with that thing. But there was this block in me So hearing it from like this different perspective, I'm so glad that he stayed with it. When he started talking, when Father Jacques Philippe started presenting, I was trying to apply it to some different situations in my life. And the Lord was like, no, it's about this. And so from the very start, I understood like this was an answer to my prayer. Yeah, I've really been enjoying staying with things in prayer, which is not the norm for me either. But I would say... For most of the year, I've been in Genesis. And only now, in November, are things starting to click and make sense. The Lord will like bring something to mind from Genesis, and I'll stay with it. Or He's just showing me these different connections through my story, actually, or through memories in other scriptures, just starting to make all of these connections. And similarly, you and I have been reading Mark together, and we're doing this plan 
And I just didn't get the memo. I didn't know that we were just doing it on our own pace. I wasn't doing any of the takeaways because I was like struggling to keep up with the reading. Got it. And I had this like profound encounter with Jesus in Mark 4. Just one day after Mass, I, I was sitting to read my scripture for that day. And yet I kept going the next day. And then I realized everybody else was like still a couple of chapters behind. And I was like, wait, did I not need to move on? So I gave myself permission to go back into this gospel of Jesus stilling the storm, every single day there's a new insight or grace into that gospel. And like that particular gospel, Mark 4, I did a holy hour on a five-day about it. The story is totally different. The circumstances are different. The Lord is saying something new and showing me something new just from staying with it now where I am today. I think the thing about sitting with things in prayer, sitting with the Lord in prayer, mm. is that we don't actually know how to do that with each other. I don't know how to do that with my kids. I don't know what it means to be totally available and not moving on to the next thing, mm-hmm. to them even. Where yeah. I'm trying to say like I'm a child in this relationship where he's my father, right? Recently, my mom came over she took the girls to an American Heritage Festival. So they learned about like the American Revolution and it was people dressed up in costumes. Anyway, they loved it. My mom, God bless her, has a million things on her plate. Always has. I'm sure always will. Just like jam packs her days when, you know, oh, dad's at work today. So I'm going to like get all my stuff done. I think yeah. that's totally typical for us. Like, right, we have a day off. We're going to like line up our whole day. It's all planned out. We got to run these errands, etc. Anyway, so we're like one of her errands. Mm. One of her like moments, things that she does on Saturdays is like come see us and hang out with us. And it's so fun. And But I know she always has to get to the next thing. So I always try to be like really present to her when she's here and like give her time so that she feels like she got some good time and then can go visit the other people that she's going to visit. It's really like sweet. So this day she took him to the American Heritage Festival and they were gone for like six hours. Wow. And so she was on her way back home and I'm like, okay, I'm like planning that she's just going to drop the girls off, probably has a bunch of other stuff to do. She came and Nico and Gabby and I were sitting outside in the backyard and she came in and just kind of lollygagging. I was like, hey, what do you got going on the rest of the day? And she's like, oh, just this and this, like always something, you know? Yeah but wasn't like frazzled or like needing to go. And then all of a sudden the girls picked up the volleyball and she just like got up and don't, wanted to play volleyball with them. And okay. I was like, what? She just was sitting there playing volleyball with them. I don't know. It was like, don't you need to go? Like, mm. it's not even like you're like doing something that they asked you to do. It was like, they just got up, started passing the ball to themselves and she got up and started doing it with them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, I had promised Sienna that I would look at her bedroom and like work on a craft with her. Mm. It was just like, yeah, I'm just doing this because I'm here. All this to say, I don't know what it is to just be around someone who mm-hmm. doesn't have somewhere to go. I don't know what it is that the Lord is still just sitting right there and he's not moving on. Like he doesn't have somewhere else to go. Mm-hmm. I've come up a lot against that feeling in prayer. For me, I would describe it as like feeling like an inconvenience. There must be something better that you have to do. Yeah. Someone more important. Or even if I am important, this thing that's important to me is not important. So we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. But oftentimes I think I'm projecting how I feel about something. I'm projecting that onto the Lord. I think it's not a big deal. 
I feel like an inconvenience or I treat interruptions as an inconvenience. And then I assume the Lord is like me. I feel like if I say the wrong thing, I'm going to lose this moment. I think that's what it is. Mm. If I like take the wrong step or say the wrong thing, like this moment will pass and we'll never get it back. The moment's not passing. Every night when I go to prayer, either begrudgingly or excited, he's still in the same exact spot that I left him doing the same boring thing of pouring water on my body. (laughs) Mm. He's still interested in this. Yeah, it's really special. Thank you for sharing it because I feel like I can see it and feel it not only for you, but for me, you know, I struggle to find words to describe what I experience in prayer, like the tenderness of God, the patience, the availability of God. Those things don't even begin to describe the depth of feeling I have when the Lord is just beside me breathing and doing nothing. Like, I don't know how to describe the confidence, the security, the peace. It's such a cliche word, but this this deep rest, this sense that I'm going to be okay and that I'm not alone with no words, with just the sound of his breathing, I feel all of those things. And words don't really describe that feeling or capture what it means to me. Prayer is so good. There's nothing (laughs) like it, you know? Yeah. Thinking about the Lord is not the same. Reading something and moving on to the next thing is not the same as being with him in something, staying with him. You know, I can be like your mom too. I can overschedule myself, you know, and always be in a rush. But then I'm frustrated when I go to pray and I can't chill. I can't like calm down, but I only have this much time. On the retreat, we did a holy hour on Saturday, and then I'm committed to a Sunday holy hour for our Seven Sisters team on Sunday. And both days, I just wasn't done after the hour. There were things I could have done, and but I just didn't put pressure on myself to do anything else the rest of the day and ended up just being with the Lord. Mm. And I can't even say there was like some miraculous like understanding or some big movement or revelation in prayer. There wasn't. I just felt calm. It appeals to my love language of quality time, right? That I we're just together and there's no objective. The only motivation is just to be together. Yeah. So I have a different experience sometimes. I think there are times where I feel like that too. I'm like, oh, I'm here and I'm like feeling this. Let's keep going. And then most nights, though, I set an alarm for 15 minutes Yeah, because my commitment to prayer is 15 minutes a night. So I actually set like a timer and it's kind of crazy that 15 minutes is not very long. You know, I've always thought like, well, I don't know where to find the time yeah. to pray. And I you know Father Dan talked a lot about that too, just five minutes. But if that is you, sweet listener, I want to encourage you to set an alarm, not an alarm to pray. But like sit down at your prayer time and set a timer for five minutes. I think what you're describing is virtue, that you're making a commitment, you're persevering no matter what your schedule is, you're carving out and committing to this time. Whereas what I'm describing is kind of having the time open and allowing myself to relax into it, which can be problematic because we're not always feeling it, which Mm -hmm. is where the alarm comes in. Yeah. So it's cool because my alarm will go off at 15 minutes sometimes. I turn it off and then I just keep on praying. And then I'm not on a time. I can end whenever the Lord, like whenever we're done. But it's just really cool to see that 15 minutes is not a long time, first of all. And like everything he's doing in my heart 
kind of just right away getting into it. I just think everyone thinks it takes longer than it does. It doesn't actually. I agree. What you described with that image of being in the water, there's something about the Lord speaking in images, not even audible words, but you understand what I mean by like speaking, like showing us an image. Correct. He's communicating something in a more three-dimensional way than if we were just to hear words. So you can see that image in the blink of an eye and go back to it and understand things intuitively or like get insights based on what you saw. Whereas the Lord would have to like, in our human limited language, have to explain things. But an image speaks in a moment. Yes. So yeah, I agree. It, it doesn't take a long time. I mean, the Lord at creation said, let there be light. And there was light mm-hmm. in a moment. I often think about this experience I had on a five-day silent retreat a couple of years ago. In the middle of the night, one night I was sleeping, but I had this vivid dream where I was sitting in the chapel and I was just praying at the foot of the tabernacle, like sitting on the floor, looking up at Jesus in the tabernacle. And I could feel someone else in the chapel behind me. And when I looked around, there was just this emaciated person, obviously like a cancer patient, had on shaved head, just very sickly. And I went back to praying, but then I kind of heard or or felt some movement behind me. And I looked back and this poor person in the dream started like vomiting everywhere, kind of bent over. And and I jumped up off the floor and I was like rubbing their back. and, And I was saying out loud, it's okay. I'm right here. It's okay. And I woke up actually out of bed, leaning over the bed. And it was so vivid. I actually brought it to my spiritual director the next day. And I was like, what is that about? And he said, you're getting it all out. Sometimes we just have to get it all out. So what you're seeing and experiencing in a dream is the reality of what we're doing in your soul. We're getting it all out. And those aren't like pretty pictures, lancing a boil, vomiting. (laughs) This is a pretty gruesome graphic episode. But when there's something in us that's making us sick, we have to get it out. Think about all you moms, or I'm thinking about my own mom when I was would throw up as a kid, like, it's okay. Yep. Get it out. Get it all out. It's kind of what the Lord is saying to us. He's not okay with a little bit of freedom or some healing. He wants to get it all out. He wants us to be completely healed, totally set free, purified. It's not enough intimacy for him. He wants even deeper intimacy than we could ever imagine. Yeah. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you never look away. Nothing is too gross or too messy for you, Lord. Jesus, thank you that your eyes are always fixed on us. Your heart is so attuned to ours. Thank you for never pulling back. Thank you for steadily rubbing our backs pouring water over our bodies, healing us completely, and loving us deeply. I pray that each and every woman listening would experience that intimacy with you, Lord, that deep, quiet, abiding, your look of love, your steadfast presence. Would you give us more of that, Lord, more of you? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Beth. Well, Jenna. Can't wait for my next extraction. (laughs) I can wait. (laughs) (laughs) So we mentioned Father Jacques Philippe a couple of times. 
Rocking Our World. We'll put our favorite books of his in the show notes. Mine is called Time for God. Get it on Amazon. And mine is Searching for and Maintaining Peace, which was a big theme of our virtual team retreat this past weekend. It would be high on my list, gosh, maybe the most formative spiritual book I've ever read. I can't wait to read it. Me either. See you later, Beth. Bye, Jenna. Bye, friends.